0: It doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter the difficult season. It doesn't matter the storm we're facing. God will be faithful and he will see us through. That's amazing. Before y'all go ahead and have a seat, why don't you give a high five to a couple people around you? Just tell them you're glad that they're here. It's good to see you. For those of you watching online, we're so glad that you're with us. God is in the house. The Holy Spirit is present here. It's amazing. We absolutely love what God is doing in Grace Church and in our community. You guys can go ahead and have a seat uh, I am so excited about what God continues to do in and through us, and, and we're so glad that you're part of us. If you have not come over these last several weeks, or, or if you're newer to Grace Church, uh, we are in, the, in a series called Winning the War in Your Mind. You know, there, there is a battle that we continue to face on our mind, and, and, and we have to go after that and continue to see breakthrough in our lives. And so this series is based on a book by Pastor Craig Groeschel, who is the pastor at Life Church? And uh, maybe you have the YouVersion Bible app. I know I have it on my phone. Well, Life Church is the one that released that Bible app throughout the world, and and so Pastor Craig has multiple books that that he uh, has written, and this is one of them. and And I loved it. It was so powerful for me, and so we definitely wanted to do this as a series. And and so God is continuing to use it in, in a powerful way. And so, How many of you, like, you've already noticed that God is doing something in your life? Anybody? Yeah, nice. Nice. So we are to the point where we're recognizing that our mind is a battlefield. And so many of the battles that we face and that we're in they can be won or lost depending on our thought life you know i absolutely believe that jesus is our victor you know he's our firm foundation he gives us victory in the spirit and, and in life no doubt but but there there's some warfare going on in our head and in our thoughts and so we have to recognize that and so we want to have our mind reflecting the thoughts that are focused on christ and the lord and and so often they're not right that battlefield we're we're losing it we're losing that battle and our thoughts become negative and so what happens is what's going on in our mind often will show in our life. And so we are going after it and we're going after it in a big way. And so you can't have a positive life if you're constantly dwelling on negative things. So we're gonna address those. We're gonna take a look. There's a a couple of verses uh, that we've used in this series. I'm gonna share uh, both of them today, but the first one is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Starting in verse three, it says that we're human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture, everybody say capture. Capture, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey God. Christ, And so today we're gonna focus on that capture. What we're gonna do is we're gonna focus on the aspect that we can defeat. We can overcome the negative thoughts in our life and see victory in those areas. So what I wanna do is I wanna pray and believe these verses and believe that God will speak to us during this time. So will y'all pray with me? And so God, we come before you, Lord, you're amazing and powerful and strong. We love you with all of our heart. Uh, We recognize that you truly do give us the victory. Uh, But, Lord, as we travel down this path, this journey, this life that we're in, we constantly are pulled in different directions in our mind. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us. Lord, that you would help us to to experience victory in this battle that, that we face, that we struggle with constantly throughout the day, through weeks, through our past, through our future. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do something mighty, something mighty, supernatural, miraculous in this time that you would communicate to us through your Holy Spirit, and that you would cause us to have victory in the battle in our mind. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, you know, the past couple of weeks, we've talked about a few different things. You know, if you uh, have been tracking with us in week one, we talked about some of the strongholds, all right? There are strongholds in our life that the enemy establishes, and really it's a lot of lies. The devil will lie to us and we believe those, and so we've addressed some of those lies And then last week, we made like declarations, right? We made proclamations out that we're victorious. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to build us up, right? So what happens is you kind of get everyone excited about what God's doing before we go into battle. And so today's a little bit of battle. Like today's gonna be a little bit hard, a little bit challenging, but man, I'll tell you what, it is, I've been praying and believing that this is gonna be so powerful for every single one of us because I I want to say something so bold that I believe that today can be one of the best messages that you've heard. Not that it's from me, but I believe that God's going to do something supernatural and amazing. Because this message, this this principle that we're going to share today about defeating the thoughts in our head, can, has the potential to change your life. I mean, I I, I know that that's kind of lofty. You're going, bro. Come on, for real. Yes. So I need you to lean in for about 30 minutes because we've talked about how we need to uncross the wires in our brain and create different neural pathways so that way it's easier for us to think. So now we're gonna focus on some different things. And we're gonna focus, the first thing is our filters. So I'm gonna lay out some different principles for you. You might wanna take notes, jot a few things down. And so every single one of us, we have mental filters on the way that we think. So we all have filters in our life. So like if I say, I love broccoli. Right? So now I have the filter of broccoli. I love broccoli so much. Like, here's a picture of me, and I love broccoli. Like, I become broccoli. That's how much I love it. So what this is, is this is a filter, and our filters will shape our life. That's the magnitude of this and what we're going to address. And so what I want to say is there might be some filters in our life, some, some frames of thought that we have that we need to change, that we need to adjust. And so... Because th- there could be two people that are—they're different in their personalities and who they are—but they could go through the same situation, and they could see it entirely different, right? So I want—I want to kind of give you an example of this. So the facts are not different in this scenario, but the filters are with these two different people. So here, let, let let's kind of create a scenario. Let's say that that we're at work and we're getting our annual review. Pretty normal, pretty typical, right? Boss, owner, manager, whatever it is. Maybe you're the one that gives reviews or gets reviews, so it's time for your annual review. And there's two of us, and we're both going in to get our review, and the exact same things are going to be said in the review to both of us. Same, identical. First person walks in, sit down with the boss, hey, how you doing, how's everything? Hey, wanna walk through some things regarding work? These are the areas that we see that you're crushing it. You are doing such a good job. You're you're doing great with conflict resolution and team empowerment. We see the contracts that you're lining up, and you're doing a great job, right? They acknowledge the stuff that you're really doing well, and you're going, wow, this is great. And then they go into some stuff, and they go, these are some areas that we would love to see you improve." Uh, some areas of growth, because we see potential in you, but you've got to make some adjustments here and change this and, and how you do this. You know? So as a company, we're making these changes. So the first person walks in, they hear the positive, and then they hear the challenges that are laid out, and they go, how dare they? How dare they only focus on all the negative things? All I heard was all the things that I'm doing wrong and and this and stuff and and I should do this and they're going to change this and all they're trying to do is get me with work and they're trying to push me out with all these changes. So one person has that frame, that filter of what they're thinking and then another person comes in. Same concept, same, same language. This is what we say, you're doing well, like way to go. These are some changes in the company and we would love to see you make because we see what, what, what the potential that's inside of you. A different filter, that person walks out and goes, oh my gosh, can you believe it? I've been working so hard and they, they see me. They see the things that I'm doing. I can't believe it, that's so awesome. And they see potential? Are you kidding me? I wanna grow, I wanna move forward. With, with this company, I wanna advance, and I love these changes, I need to grow. Same language, two totally different filters on how they heard those identical things. Filters are extremely important. I mean, one person's thankful and the other is upset. This concept is in scripture in multiple times. I, I I wanna use the example in Numbers 13 in chapter 14, but I didn't put it up on the screen and I'm not gonna focus on it too much because quite honestly, I wanna write an entire series on this section of scripture so I can't give you too much, but it was too good not to use. So it's the framework where the Israelites, they were enslaved in Egypt and they come out, they travel in the wilderness for a little while and Moses is leading them. And so God had promised that, that the Israelites would occupy the promised land, right? That they, God had said that to Abraham and it hadn't happened yet. How, how in the world is this gonna take place? And so Moses picks 12 guys and he says, go and spy out the land. Go look into the land of Canaan, the land of Israel, and see what's there, see what's going on. So they left, all 12 of them, they traveled together, they were spies, they were covert, black ops, baby. Like it, was, it was like they were you know, kind of seeing what was going on. They were checking everything out. And then after a little while, they came back, all 12 of them. 10 had a similar report, two had a different one. Filters. You ready? So the 10, they came back and they went, oh my gosh, this is terrible. This is awful. Canaan is filled with giants. They're huge, man. If we're going to try and go and attack them, we're going to lose. There's no way we're going to win. It's impossible. In fact, we're like little grasshoppers compared to these giants. It's awful. This is a terrible idea. We should not go into the promised land. The other two said, are you kidding me? How can you say that? Don't you understand who God is and what God's doing? We saw a land that was amazing. It was fertile. It was incredible. Yes, there's going to be some challenges, but we believe that God's gonna do something amazing and that we should go and take the land and our God will give us the land. When the vote came through, it was 10 to two. Nope, we're not going, fellas. Unpack your suitcases. And then the Israelites stayed in their season of wilderness instead of advancing forward. Complete All 12 saw the same thing, traveled the same roads, hid in the same areas, looked at the same towns and villages. 10 had a filter that is impossible. Two had enough faith to believe that they could actually win. So the facts are not different, but the filters were. And so we need to filter our facts through our faith such an important concept that we've got to grab a hold of because our filter is based on our past. Every single one of us, we have a past, we have stories, we have things that we've walked through, and now we filter our thoughts through our past. And so the question is now posed to us, how are you filtering your life through the past experiences that you've gone through? What have you gone through that's making such an impact that you continue to think about this? And so, quite honestly, the reason I believe that this is a message that can change your life is because what I'm praying for is because I believe that there's some of us that we can experience supernatural healing in this service, in this time, from the filters that we're using. Because some of us, we went through some tragedy. We went through some trauma, some difficulty, maybe even some abuse from other people. We were supposed to trust them, yet they, they misused that trust. And now we have the filter of mistrust and hurt and pain. And that's how we look at relationships. We're experiencing abandonment. And so we, we struggle with our identity and connecting with other people because of the filters in what we went through. And I also believe that some of our filters are affecting the way that we see God. So, there are some times when I talk to people and, and they just, the, the, our view of God is off. It's not correct. So sometimes we go, God is just, he's angry. He's so angry all the time. He's angry at me. He never would give me an opportunity. Sometimes we look at God and we go, I could never be close to God because he knows all the things that I've done and, and I feel ashamed. I, I I feel the shame and I feel like God is just, pushing me me back and pushing me down until I'll never be able to experience that in my life. Or maybe you feel like you have to earn God's love. I know I talk to a lot of people. It's like we have to do and achieve and accomplish in order so that God would love us. and, And we look at God through that filter. I have news for you. If you would let me pastor you in this moment, none of those three scenarios are true. God is not angry at you at all. He's jealous for your time. He's jealous for your worship. He wants our attention, no doubt, but he is not angry at you. And, and in fact, when we bring our past and our issues and problems to him and we apologize, he's, he forgives them. He washes us clean, and, and that's amazing. And so he doesn't use them against us to retaliate. And in fact, there's nothing that you and I could ever do to earn God's love, nothing. It's impossible. It's a free gift that he gives to us. And, and he loves us so much that he was willing to give everything for us. He looked at his son and said, Jesus, you've got to go and take care of this. Sends Jesus to earth. Jesus lives a perfect life. Jesus loves us so much that he's willing to die to go through capital punishment for us. And then it shows his victory and power over sin and death, and he comes back to life. It's amazing. So the challenge is, what are the things that you're looking at and the filters that you're using, that you're looking at your current scenario, and, 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 and they're not right, they're not correct. Maybe your view of God needs to get healed and restored, and I believe that transformation takes place now, in this time. So another verse that we're using in this series is Romans 12.2. It says, don't copy the patterns and behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so our filter is how we look at our past. The second thing that we're gonna look at is our framing. So our framing is our current situation. So you might need to jot those two down. We got our filter, which is past, Framing which is current, so how we see our current situation. So if we go, hey, I used to look at things this way, but now I look at stuff differently. So that, that's framing. That's how, how we understand it. So uh, what, we, what we have the opportunity to do is to frame the way that we're in our current situation. So let me give you an example. Let's say, right, today's Sunday. Maybe you're going to work tomorrow, and I just said work tomorrow, and you went, oh, Are you kidding me? Why'd you have to say that? Because tomorrow's gonna be what? Tomorrow's gonna be a hard day and you know it. You're looking at your your schedule. You go, oh man, I have this client that's coming in and and this is gonna be difficult and I have this review that's coming up and oh man, that's gonna be tough. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be a difficult day. It's gonna be such a struggle. And now school's back in session so I gotta get my kids up and get them ready. It's gonna be so busy in the morning and then I gotta drive to work and it's gonna be a tough day. You've already framed tomorrow on the reality of that it's going to be difficult. Now, what if we reframe it instead of thinking how hard or how difficult our current situation is? What if instead we go, God, I'm so thankful I have a job. It's a difficult job. Right now it's not a great season at work. It's a little challenging, but God, I see your hand in it. And those employees that I work with and the staff that that I oversee, they're challenging too. But God, I know that you are using me in my workplace. You are using me in my company. I'm living out a servant-type life. I'm being a servant leader. I'm I'm living the the example of Christ. My light is shining at work every single day. And God, I know that there's opportunities. There's opportunities coming when you're going to allow me to share my faith. I'm gonna to continue to remain faithful in this situation because I want your faithfulness, God, to be seen through my life. Totally the same, completely different framing on today, our situation and what's going on. So we can't control what happens to us, but we absolutely can control how we frame our current situation. There's a fantastic example of this in scripture. So the apostle Paul, uh, he had this miraculous divine encounter with Jesus. Uh, after Jesus had risen and ascended to heaven, Jesus comes back and because and, and, and was, Saul was the guy that, that the Lord wanted to use to expand the kingdom, he changes his name to Paul. So Paul makes this commitment to follow the Lord and it's incredible, amazing, miraculous. So then as a result, Paul begins to go everywhere and tell everyone about Jesus. He plants churches. So he, he continued to travel in his missionary journeys through modern-day Turkey and plant churches there, and then continued over into Western Europe and planted churches there. So he's going throughout this whole area. But Paul really wanted to go to Rome because the Romans were in rule. The Roman Empire was established, and he's like, if I can just get to Rome, then I can, I can preach the good news to, to high leaders and high officials And maybe, just maybe, the good news will advance throughout the entire empire of Rome. So Paul had his eyes on something big, something grandiose. He actually made it to Rome, not in the way that he thought. He got arrested. He got arrested, put in chains, handcuffs, and was transported to Rome and put in prison and was actually facing death. He was facing potential capital punishment for proselytizing in the area and planting churches and making this declaration about a man who had come back to life. And here, Paul is in prison. Watch his framing in his situation. Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 12. He's writing to the church in Philippi. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Uh, As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. So what most people would think is bad, going to jail, Paul is now going, hey, this is great. I have all of these guards that are chained to me that I get to talk about Jesus all day long. And then they change their guard and their posts and their position. And so then I get a new guy to talk to. And I tell him all about Jesus and how awesome he is, how he needs him. And so Paul is framing this as a positive thing. Look at verse 14. And because of my chains, most of my brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Paul is experiencing supernatural favor, ends up in jail, sees it as a positive thing. Everyone else gets emboldened. They're like, wait a second. He sees this as a good thing? We're not in jail. We should all the more be talking about Jesus because we're not in prison, we're not in change. And, and so man, God's gospel continued to advance and, and be proclaimed. And so Paul could have framed his situation much differently than what he did. And it's amazing to understand that. I wanted to share a little story from my life about framing. Uh, a few months ago, Nicole went out of town uh, to do something, and so I was using her van. Uh, I was driving, had to go go do, run an errand, and I had my youngest son with me, and it was raining, and I wrecked her van. Uh, I was in a car accident, it was totally my fault. It was, I, I, my, I was like, oh, I was so frustrated, frustrated with myself. If you know if you've been in a car accident and you caused it, you know, your heart just thinks you're going, "Oh my gosh, my insurance is going to go up. This is going to cost so much money. This is terrible." So I have a confession to make. My first thought was not, "Is my son okay?" Is the person that I hit, 18-year-old Lisa, I am so sorry, honey. Like, "Are you okay?" My first thought was, "Oh, my insurance are you kidding me? My second thought was, is, is he okay? Like, is she okay? Uh, I know it's terrible, it's awful, but in the whole scheme of things, when I was able to go back and reflect, I, I honestly was so thankful. Here's my, my youngest son in the, in, the, in the seat next to me, had his seatbelt on, was just fine, nothing happened to him. But you know, the young lady, that, I destroyed the whole side of her car. Like, it was, I, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not laughing. It was awful. My insurance, you betcha, went up. Uh, and so, but at the end of the day, everything was fine. Nobody was hurt. Uh, and, and so it, how, how can we frame this? So for me, one of the concepts that I'm trying to learn is sometimes I have to thank God for what didn't happen. You know how we're try, always trying to make things happen and like, well, sometimes the things that don't happen are actually God and he's working in it. So we have filters for our past. We have framing in our current situation, and so now I, I wanna teach you something else, and so it's about the future, and I, I would love for you to grab a hold of this. this I, I believe there's something significant in this, and God wants to speak to us in this, and so what we're gonna practice is number three, and it's called pre-framing. So framing is our current situation, pre-framing is the future, what we're going into, what, what's going to happen, and so we're going to shape those experiences that we one day will have. And I wanna do that by telling a story. So when I was a sophomore in high school, I I was 14 years old at this time, I weighed about 14 pounds, Uh, reality, so true. So I I, I played football for two years when I was in high school. I played as a freshman, and and then I played as a sophomore. And so uh, at the end of the sophomore year, uh, they do this thing in the spring, It's it's, it's a spring exhibition game. So it's pretty typical, they do some spring training, and, and so the season during, is, for football is in the fall, but in the spring, they kind of have this extra time. And so what we did when I was in school is we would play a spring jamboree. And so we, we, our, our team was a really good team, just dominant high school in football, and so I was so glad to be part of it. So we're playing a team that's not, like that's not good, they're terrible, they're awful, and so we were dominating the whole game. So I was... I mean, either like third string or fourth string because I'm a sophomore, you know, and, and so you have the seniors and the juniors and I'm a sophomore. And so I, I don't know what string. They don't have as, enough strings for, to fit my name on the clipboard. There's just like, who are you? And so we're dominating the whole game. Our seniors out there just dominated crushing. The juniors come in like part of the way through and it's like, hey, like we are crushing this team. We're beating them so good. And so then in the, in the last quarter, there's less than a minute left. They, I'm, I'm not even kidding. This is so true. They go, who else hasn't been in the game yet? Like, we are doing so good. Who else? You here I am. I got my, I look like a piece of broccoli. I got my helmet on. It's too big. I'm a skinny little stalk. And, and they're like, I'm like, hey, coach, I, I'm good. And, and they're like, Arnold Linsky. <laughs> is there anybody else? <laughs> so what happens is it's less than a minute left in the game. The other team has the ball. I get put in on defense as a cornerback. And so the other team, now they're playing those of us that are really, really small. So they're able to advance the ball a little bit. It comes down to the final seconds of the game. They're on our 40 yard line. Like the last seconds, and, and if you know football at all, or even if you don't, you, you maybe have heard, the only play that you have at this point is called a Hail Mary. The quarterback drops back, throws it to the end zone, and then you hope that you know, your receiver catches it and the defense is either trying to intercept it or knock it down. So all of our coaches are going back up, back up to the end zone line. Now That's what they're going to do. They're going to go for it. And so everybody's like, I'm, I'm not in my broccoli helmet. And, and so wouldn't you know it, I remember it so clear. The senior receiver is on my side much taller than I am you know, with my three foot nothing and my big helmet. I had seniors over there, quarterback drops back, throws it, and of course, their guy catches the ball right above me. You know, I'm like, (laughs) boom, there he is. Touchdown, and they score. Zero seconds on the clock, game is over. We beat them so bad, like we destroyed them. Every single aspect of the game but they celebrated like they won. Their team rushed the field. They were going nuts. They were going crazy. And so, my coaches were educated in foul language, apparently, and they started using words that I had never heard before. They strung so many words together. I think they created a new language with so much false language. Like, I was like, what in the world is this? You know, everything transitioned into the locker room and they continued to lay in on me. Like it, like I had lost the game or something. And, and so literally in this moment, they, they are just ripping me to shreds. And it was awful. I never, ever would wish this on anybody. So in that time, I mean, I was decimated. It was, it was so rough. It was so hard. But as I began to move forward in life and grow and mature, I could have let that moment destroy my, my, my self-confidence uh, destroy my athletic career, like everything about me. It, it, I, I could have just let it just decimate me and who I was, but I didn't. What I decided, and, and I believe no doubt that God began to show me things and teach me things as I began to mature and move forward, and so I, I changed that. I changed, I, re, I pre-framed situations. So what I began to do is when the game was on the line, when the situation was on the line, when the project was on the line, when there was a presentation or an opportunity, and, and it had to count, it was a big deal, I began to declare and preframe that I'm the guy. I'm going to be clutch. That happened to me, and it was awful, and I hated it, but from now on, it's going to be different. And so I adopted the ideology that Olinsky's are clutch. And so I just was like, you know what, that was stunk and it was t- uh, terrible, but Olinskys have ice in their veins and when the game is on the line, I'm the one that wants to be there. I'm the one that wants the ball. I, I want to play, It may bring it to me. And so now as an adult, like I-, I say this with all humility, but when there's chaos and craziness and things are going on, I am great in really difficult situations. I believe that the Holy Spirit has begun to use me. He used that situation so that now I can preframe and see things. When the pressure is on, I'm the guy that steps forward. I've taught this principle to my sons. You can ask them. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've said, Olinsky's our clutch. What are Olinsky's? Clutch. You know what? I just keep repeating it. When the game's on the line and you're there, what's going to happen? Are you going to be nervous? Yes. Are you going to feel a little bit of anxiety and some pressure? Absolutely. We're human beings. But then what happens? We step up. We deliver. Do we always get it right? No, of course not. We're still human beings. I mean, you could, gosh, look, look, look at how many times Michael Jordan in the NBA takes the final shot of the game to win and missed. Did he stop taking shots? Absolutely not. So do we, do we you know, me- mess up? Absolutely, but the next time, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. That last time, that I'm not gonna let that hold me back or hold me down, because Olinsky's our clutch. We're gonna deliver, and so I teach my sons that and now I have the opportunity to teach you the same thing. I teach other people in my life, and now I'm saying it to you, a broader audience. Are you able to look at yourself in the mirror, think about a situation that's going to come? You, it's going to come. You're going to have an opportunity where it's gonna be a big deal, and you're gonna to toe the line. Can you say, you can say your first name, your nickname, whatever they call you, last name if you want, and we're clutch, and when my time comes, I'm gonna deliver. Man, so as your pastor, I speak that over you. I speak that over you in the physical realm. I speak that over you in the spiritual realm. I speak that over you in the workplace, with with, with your family, like every area of your life where we're gonna be preparing mentally for what's going to happen. Because our thoughts give direction to our life. And our thoughts give direction and we just might end up with what we're thinking. You might get what you're thinking. So if it's constant negativity, constant issues and problems, constant filters that are holding you back and holding you down, then it might just be that's why you're in the situation you are. Now, I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and that Jesus died for every single one of us and he causes us to overcome and have victory in our life. And so that's what I want you to experience. So when you talk about getting what you want and what you're looking for, uh, the the author, Craig Groeschel, Pastor Craig, he he uses an example in the book. Uh, He uses two birds. Uh, He uses the example of a vulture and a hummingbird. He says, hey, vultures do what? Vultures fly around up high, soaring just, you know, throughout the the area. And what are they looking for? They're looking for something that's dead. It's dead. It's, you know, roadkill, you know, a carcass somewhere. And then when they find it, they swoop down and they eat. And, and, but then he talked about a hummingbird. What did, what's a hummingbird looking for? It's looking for sweet nectar to nourish, it, nourish itself on. So the concept is, is easy to understand. Are you constantly looking for something that's negative and dead and dying, or are you looking for the sweetness that God offers and a new way of thinking and a new principle on how to live your life? Because if you want to see the bad, you'll see it. If you wanna just see all the challenges as negative, you can have that. But I'm telling you, there's a better way. There's a different way that God is offering to us. And so in Romans chapter 8, verse twenty, it says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who are called according, who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take some steps in this. I need you to look at some of the filters that are unhealthy and we're gonna reject those, we're gonna push them back, and and we're gonna remove those entirely. We're gonna look at our current situation and establish framing. Not framing through our situation or the challenges, we're gonna frame our life through God's scripture, through our faith, through what God is doing in that scenario, because we can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we frame it. And then the pre-framing as we move forward. Now, I I do wanna share one final thought. I want to share a principle that uh, Pastor Nicole and I have adopted in our personal lives. It's something we've adopted here at Grace Church. And I wanna share it with you. And it's the phrase, we give people the benefit of the doubt. So we choose purposefully to give people the benefit of the doubt. Whoever they are, whatever they've done, whatever they say, hey, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. You know why? Because I know that God's gonna work in a situation regardless of what it is. So here's what I want you to do. You're going to now start using that language that you're clutch and that you give people the benefit of the doubt. Because what does that do? It gives people some space. It gives them the grace to grow, to stretch, to make mistakes, And if you're married, I absolutely want you to implement this with your spouse. Honey, I'm gonna give you the benefit of doubt. like, don't say it to them because it might be awkward, but you know, think it in your mind, they had a tough day, something's going on. They might have not, didn't say anything yet, but something, something, I'm gonna give you the benefit of doubt. I'm not gonna take that personally. I'm gonna give them some space and grace. Do you pray for your spouse to experience the grace and power of the Holy Spirit, so that God can grow them and stretch them. Because here's the deal: you're different than they are. You're growing or at a different rate than they are. So I just, I, we've got to give each other grace. We have to. Every single person, including your boss, your roommate, your family members. I'm just going to give you the benefit of the doubt, and we're going to preframe and prepare what's happening happening to us in the future. So I wanna close with an opportunity for those of us that need to make a commitment to follow Christ. Because earlier in the message, I was talking about how you view God. And some of you, you view God as being angry and upset and, and you gotta do things to earn his, his favor. And, and, and you, you think there's all this criteria. And, and the reality is, is there's not. So all the criteria was taken care of when Jesus laid his life down, died, and rose again. He took care of it all. That's how we get uh, eternal life in heaven. That's how we experience forgiveness in our life. Jesus took care of everything. But what we have to do is confess it with our mouth and believe it in our heart that he actually did that for us. And so what I wanna do in just a moment, I'm gonna have everybody bow your head, close your eyes, give you an opportunity to raise your hand because This message could be a life-changing message for you, for all the, the, the framing and filters, but also for the spiritual battle that you're in right now, where you literally step in and say, God, you know what, I'm surrendering. What? You want me to surrender? Absolutely. When you're talking about connection with the Lord, we surrender everything to Him. And then we walk in His goodness and His grace like never before but there's this aspect where we have to acknowledge that we need him desperately. And then after I pray for us to make a commitment to follow Christ, or maybe you need to make a recommitment. You know, you you committed before, but things haven't gone so well. I will pray at the end for all of us. And I just, I need you to lean in for what God's doing and what he's speaking and saying during this time. So would y'all do me a favor and bow your head and close your eyes here in the sanctuary. So I believe in the power of God and who he is and I believe in the power of Jesus and that he came as a sacrifice so that we could be rescued. And if you know that you need this rescuing, this commitment to follow Jesus with everything that you are, if you're here in the sanctuary, could you just slip your hand up? Just go ahead and put it up. If you know you need Jesus or you need to recommit your life towards Christ or maybe if you're watching online, you know, you can raise the hand emoji. This is an opportunity to respond. Yeah, I see your hands. Thank you so much. You can go ahead and put them down. Is there anybody else? Like, I I don't wanna move through this moment too fast because, man, this is such a big deal. This is vitally important for us. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pray. You know, if you wanna commit your life to Christ or recommit to pursue after the Lord, maybe you pray these words with me, repeat after me. It's not that my words are special, but I just kinda wanna help you and lead you down this path towards following Christ. And so pray with me, just maybe just to yourself, just say, God, I know I need you. Lord, I'm desperate for you. I know that I've struggled and I've had issues, but I pray that you would give me a fresh start and a new beginning. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I absolutely believe that that you are the Son of God and that you died and rose again for me so that I could be restored. And I wanna follow after you. I'm so sorry for all the things that I've ever done, but thank you so much for forgiving me so that I could have this commitment to pursue after you. And Father, I wanna pray for every single one of us Lord, I pray a supernatural, bold prayer that you're doing a great and mighty work in this time. I believe that you you are preparing us for this moment. You've been speaking for these last several minutes. And God, you're doing something now, and it's divine, and it's incredible because of what you're gonna do in the future. And we're so excited about that. We see the path. We see the journey. And so, Lord, right now, we just absolutely acknowledge we've got some negative thoughts. We've got some filters. We need to be healed. We need some deliverance. We have addictions. Lord, we've been abused. We've been manipulated by different people. And, God, we confess that, that, that we either had a role in that or we didn't have anything to do with it. But we we're a part of that story. And Lord, the enemy has used that against us. And so we just say, no more. It's done. It's finished. It's over. That filter is now changed. Lord, would you change the way that I think? Would you change how I process? That I would see you in your hand in every single area, in every single person, in every single scenario in my life. God, would you help me to, to experience that transformation and to apply it now in what I'm doing and what you've got. Lord, I pray just the power of your Holy Spirit, that you're... You are making crooked paths straight. Lord, you're putting light on our feet with our decisions and you're giving us wisdom and discernment on on the direction that we're to have, the decisions that you have now put in place for us. And so God, as we move forward in that, we, we see. We see your hand, we see you putting us in positions of authority, positions of opportunity, positions where you're going to allow us to serve, to be humble, and people are gonna see it and notice it for your glory, Lord, for your kingdom to be advanced, that others might see Christ inside of us. And God, that you would receive everything that you deserve. Lord, that you would use us powerfully, that we would feel your anointing in that moment. And Lord, I even speak out those words that we read in scripture where it says, you don't need to know exactly what to say, but when the time comes, the Holy Spirit will tell you. And Lord, I just I speak that out in and, and, and reality that in the moments that are coming, we're clutch. We have ice in our veins because you speak through us and use us powerfully. And Lord, we love you. God, we surrender everything to you. In Jesus' name, amen.